Welcome back to Reading to Rootedness with Father Adam and Emily as we continue on in love and responsibility. And today we have the fun task of talking about chastity. So we talked before about the metaphysical, but then the psychological and ethical understandings of love. And JP2 did a lot of explaining there, helping us to understand the ins and outs of what's going on in the human person. In, in the encounter with a person of the opposite sex and all of those things. And now uh, we kind of step maybe, maybe further into that ethical realm of basing it on the truth. And then what do we need to live well, that objective side of, of love mm-hmm. and also the subjective side of love, because both are present and both are good when integrated well. And so the, to have both well integrated and properly ordered toward one another brings about the greatest experience of love and maybe yeah. even true love. So chastity is that virtue mm-hmm. that helps us to find and live true love. All right. When I, boom, <laughs> we're done. And that's all we need to say. Nailed it. <laughs> um, yeah. When I was complaining in the last episode about, you know, how does one actually go beyond and love the person mm-hmm. themselves? Chastity, along with vocation, which will be the next section, is kind of the way you maybe channel your love. Maybe, uh, <laughs> what was that? I, I'm just taking my watch down. <laughs> I've distracted Emily. Yeah, he's laughing at himself, and that's very entertaining. Uh, yes, chastity is one of the methods for growing your love, for kind of channeling the love in the correct way so that you avoid the pitfalls of sinful love or yes, egoism. Yeah, right, right. Subjectivism. Yes, yes. Which we'll get into. Mm-hmm. So he starts his discussion of chastity on maybe a prevailing view of chastity, maybe secularly or by just some people, that it is a hindrance to love, that it is even maybe prudery in some way, that it is this kind of hating of or some some way that like the affections or... The body. Yeah, the body is bad and... Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a kind of a restraint on that, maybe irrational, not really human, but this kind of puritanical restraint mm-hmm. on these things because we're afraid of them or they're bad or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And he, well, certainly sets out to debunk that. Right. But he first calls it resentment. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you are undervaluing something that has great value. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, because, more on you than... And not just because, you know, you don't like it, but because you... you you can't do it. Ooh, like, yeah, right, like if right. your will is insufficient to live up to the high calling of chastity, instead of just admitting that you can't do it and, you know, need some help and need to grow, you know, you sort of devalue chastity in general. And that way you yep. don't feel obligated right. to uphold it. Right. So, Why would I live up to that thing? Right. That's bad. Yeah. Right. So. Right. So he's is, calling, uh-huh. calling the bluff there. Uh-huh. Do you think there's still that same sort of resentment of chastity or at least a devaluing of chastity. 
culturally? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, okay, let's let's focus in on like the Catholic culture. <laughs> I don't think so. Cuz obviously broader culture. <laughs> I don't Yeah, okay, maybe my take mm-hmm. would be there's not a devaluing of chastity. Mm-hmm. I think generally everybody accepts that it's good. Mm-hmm. There might be a despairing mm. that it can be done mm. and well. And then maybe just, you know, couples I've worked with that struggle mm-hmm. with it and kind of have some sense that, like, they can't. It's kind of this unattainable virtue. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that'd... And honestly, even the the way he describes it here is even more sort of difficult or strict or, yeah, challenging than than my sort of understanding Mm. of chastity beforehand. Especially since when you you think of chastity, like, there's a couple things that kind of come to mind, like, dressing appropriately, (laughs) abstinence, you know, like, depending on, you know, what stage. And I think generally good Catholic people know that chastity is a virtue that goes beyond, you know, just your single life, that it's something that goes into marriage, that it's something that goes yeah. into religious life. But kind of beyond those kind of core, like, these are things that you shouldn't do, it's still hard to kind of understand what chastity looks like as a positive right. virtue rather right. than just kind of a, like, yeah, restraint of lust, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's, I wonder, too... Could most people even say, like, what is chastity look like in marriage? Yeah. Because a lot of them be like, well, chastity is just kind of like waiting and, and controlling yourself until you're married. Mm-hmm. And you can understand, like, okay, I shouldn't right. be, you know, disrespectful of my wife in a lustful way. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, yeah, what he talks about it is much more than that. Of course, right. getting at the affectivity part right. and the concupiscence right. of the flesh part. Right. But come to think of it, like, when I think of chastity in marriage, the first thing that comes to mind is couples who are practicing NFP and, yeah. you know, need to abstain for whatever reason for a little bit. Right. Like, that's my understanding of chastity in marriage, which is still a negative sort of, okay, oh, we can't do fair. it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, what does chastity actually look like in the positive sense Yeah. of... Yeah, and... So do you want to go there? Should, should we talk about that? Oh, oh, what, yeah. okay, what is the... Because <laughs> we go through a lot of, like, here is the structure of sin. <laughs> yes, we're going to talk about temperance. <laughs> right. Chastity is a kind of a daughter virtue of temperance. Okay, yeah, we can we can okay. move to that. Well, we will build the excitement that we're going there. Oh, okay. And we can still do the steps to get there. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're just, you just can't just throw the whole schedule off what who do you I'm think sorry. you are i'm sorry <laughs> we don't, we don't. i intro the episode okay. i can do whatever i want right does that, does that give you're me right, you're right. control okay maybe not so there was a lot of repeat here in this i think this is leading up to the virtue of chastity obviously one of the things that you have to look out for and that chastity fights against is this complete subjectivism of love yeah which at least according to my understanding is 
rather than subjective in the sense that, yeah, it happens in two individuals and obviously they experience it as individuals, like your entire love <laughs> is filtered through your own ego and not ego in the sense maybe that it was used in person and act, but kind of your selfish, I don't know, delusions in some sense, hmm. your selfish desires yeah. in some sense, depending on if we're talking about affectivity or sensuality. <laughs> Submitting the value of the person to either their body or the lived experience that you're having inside your head, obviously is a danger and something that you don't want to do. Right. So I, he speaks about maybe a, a, like a something that should be there in place of the egoisms, two egoisms mm -hmm. kind of seeking pleasure or seeking, mm -hmm. yeah, just to be loved in their own way or something like mm -hmm. that. That say, uh, the deeper and more mature the union is, the more a man and woman have the sense that they constitute, in a sense, one subject of action. Mm. And he'll say elsewhere a common eye mm -hmm. and i think he's getting at the idea that, that the more there's kind of true love there there is this us you know there's this thing that exists between two lovers mm -hmm. that is kind of outside of both of them mm -hmm. so the two eyes the two you know egos in a way become a common eye this mm -hmm. shared thing that they're both yeah the reciprocal uh, love, which we spoke about last time, is there. And so it's maybe one hint at a more mature love is that the two experience this sense of this thing that is between them. Right. This share, like we are both subjects of the same action mm -hmm. and it like necessarily involves both. Mm -hmm. It's not just me or right. one of us. Yeah. And it's really... It's really confusing, actually, if you think about it, because, I mean, so you are experiencing love through your own lens. <laughs> and so the subjective element of that is so important. And, yeah, you experiencing that we are a part of a combined I is necessary. But you can't make the love only you know, your subjective experience. <laughs> right. And so it's it's actually really confusing. And also because the way your love grows, it's obviously going to start in the subjective sense as you get to know a person. Right. And so, like, the subjective element is going to be there and probably First, stronger right. and faster than, yeah. than slowly kind of coming to love this person um, as a person. Right. Um that takes time. And so the, so as you're waiting for that, you kind of constantly have to be on the lookout for, is this, you know, are these lived experiences, are these interactions placing the good of the other person at the forefront? Or, or am I, <laughs> yeah. you know, just kind of looking for pleasure in all of these encounters? Right. Yeah, so it's... Yeah, hard. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what he, he always emphasizes, too, like the, ne the necessity of both the subjective and objective sides mm -hmm. of, like, what is, one, like, the nature of the relationship. So, like, should we be acting a certain way or not? Mm -hmm. 
based on, you know, how much we actually have maybe a thought of benevolence for one another, but even just living in the reality of the other person, being aware of that, am I doing this just because I want to mm -hmm. love or be loved mm -hmm. and experience these things? Mm -hmm. So it does kind of take that constant bouncing the objective and subjective off of one another, mm -hmm. keeping them together yeah. to work toward a mature and true love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is not necessarily easy, right. but, but I think he kind of, yeah, like the positive thing is, okay, if you want true love, mm -hmm. then you got to do this work right. in some way, right. right? If that's what you really want, mm -hmm. which I think most people okay. really, really want that. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's maybe easier to kind of live in the, the fiction of like, I'm feeling these great things and this is awesome. And like, maybe it doesn't work out. I'll find somebody else. Like, I don't know. But it's like, if you want this great thing, true love, mm -hmm. then like, here's the steps. And it might be hard. And he like talks about suffering a little bit even too. Yeah. That chastity is something that you kind of suffer as with any virtues. Right. Like courage requires suffering and just temperance in general mm -hmm. to say no to things that we desire for a better good. Mm -hmm. Some suffering. Right. Because we have to say no to ourselves. We have to put aside something. Delay. I love the quote, which is on. 144, but don't worry, we don't have to skip all the way there yet. But you still cannot acknowledge them as love, but only must bring love out of them. He was talking about all the psychological aspects of love. A certain pain accompanies this, for man would simply like to follow what is spontaneous. He would like to find love mm. ready-made in all reactions that have the other human being as their object. So, yeah, we would just love to... what kind of wells up naturally in us to just you know follow that and and not have to work hard to insert our will and to yeah. pull those things up to the level of our mind our intellect our will that's really hard work and it i don't think yeah i think a lot of people want love to be very natural and yeah very free-flowing and i'm sure it's even worse in society when we are already not willing to wait for things. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> not willing to work hard for things. Yeah, the the sadness that love is not ready made. <laughs> right. And so he even kind of speaks to so of course you've got the of a like concupiscence of the flesh and also mm -hmm. this affectivity, which is that inner kind of emotional experience of things. Response to the charm or masculinity of, of the other, whatever's that we there's a temptation to kind of just want those things mm -hmm. because like, yeah, we want it ready-made. We want it easy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to kind of dive into the emotional experience of being in this relationship with a person, mm -hmm. we might want to stay there. We might want to ignore that this is not good for us or that this person is not who I'm imagining mm -hmm. them to be. Or, uh, so we kind of, he says like, we can make love something of a taboo. As in, like, the true love, we don't even want to talk about it. We just kind of want to, like, have the emotional excitement mm -hmm. and, like, you know, do these things that, that make us feel good and we get pleasure out of. Mm -hmm. And, like, we're not going to talk about the fact that we're kind of using each other or that we're not actually building friendship or right, something that's stable. and doesn't feel right and I can't get rid of it. Yeah. So, like, there's this, 
yeah, where he just speaks about the, the temptation to just take the pleasure and mm-hmm. avoid the... Yeah. Which, like, yeah, maybe we want true love, but also, like, yeah, like, you want dinner. But, mm-hmm. like, but candy's good, too. <laughs> so, no, no, I know it's not good for me. You know, it's not, like, what I ultimately want. It's, like, not really good, but, like, man, right now, mm-hmm. I want the candy. I, I like, in this chapter, how he points out that affectivity can kind of be a natural defense in some ways mm-hmm. against concupiscence and against sensuality because yeah when you want when you desire closeness to a person when you desire tenderness from a person there can be those little alarm bells going off when when you feel like you're being used yeah. or or you feel like the physical touch that you're receiving is not the kind Authentic. of love that, yeah. you, that you want but then but then Danger is if you can somehow convince yourself, like, this is the kind of affection that you want, and this is authentic, true affection. So if you bring your sensuality and your affectivity together and and are not trying to pull up that love to your will, you're just kind of going along with it, then it can be even more of a fiction cause, because you're convincing yourself that, yeah... This is something I value. And it, yeah, because it feels good, it must be love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, he speaks about that too, of the maybe the cultural thing. And certainly it came to be the cultural thing, mm-hmm. even after he wrote this, mm-hmm. that the strength of the emotion mm-hmm. or the excitement of the, the physical aspect of a relationship mm-hmm. is the authentic indicator of love. So, like, the stronger the emotion, the greater the passion, the stronger the love. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, like, no, that's not the case. Right. Because it's not, that is not connected to the objective thing mm-hmm. of really valuing the person. So, speak about the need to, does he say subjugate or? Sublimate? Sublimate. Is that what he said? Yeah, put our mm-hmm. affections and kind of physical desires, or subject them to or put them under somewhere, mm-hmm. the value of the person and the good of the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there should... Those things need to go yeah. under and in service of the good of the person, mm-hmm. which, again, is, is harder and more demanding mm-hmm. of us. But to get that out of order right. is... That is not... Even though it, like, feels more authentic, it's not actually authentic love. It is egoism, subjectivism, right. use... And it's fleeting, and it's yeah, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's fickle, and it'll be gone mm-hmm. real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I think a good point from this is there should always be a bit of mistrust by the sort of story Whoa. that you're telling in your head about the love, because yeah, if you're kind of emotionally justifying physical affection that is not valuing the person then, yeah, it can be really easy to pull that into the narrative that you've got running in your head about the greatest love that ever existed. <laughs> and so... Yeah. Nobody has ever felt <laughs> I know. this before. <laughs> so, yes, a certain mistrust of, of what's happening in your head because actions themselves <laughs> are kind of... As we have spent a long time talking about are kind of the core component.
component of who a person is. Yeah. So actions and even thoughts too being mm-hmm. actions to choose right. to will to think about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, right. Which kind of comes off as again, kind of negative. Yeah. But I think you're right. But also it would seem that it place could be reached where you don't have to mistrust yourself. I don't know. I mean, like, I, I think like you wouldn't like if, you know, married person, you like, it's always suspicious. Yeah, like, suspicious. Like that would be a terrible <laughs> way to live to me? always be <laughs> suspicious of yourself. Did and, you just want yeah, something? Right. <laughs> you don't actually love me. Right. <laughs> right. I think, I think we're talking here more at the beginning of love. Sure. Depends on the maturity of the person, how well they practice chastity, how well they've considered a virtue lot of in these general. Things. Yeah. yeah. And he, and he will speak about, just the natural response of, of mm-hmm. like sensuality and affectivity mm-hmm. just between men and women. And so, like, first we have to know that. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of going to spring up. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you're in love. Right. Because it, it may be built on nothing. Like, you don't even know that person. So, like, recognizing, okay, this is... this. There's nothing actually necessarily objective between these two people, even mm-hmm. if they experience some emotion... Mm-hmm. between them right so yeah again that is not authentic love mm-hmm. it hopefully you know draws you to it to a care for this person mm-hmm. if you have this effective response to them mm-hmm. it is a way of drawing you toward love yeah but it is not right so i'm, I'm thinking the material he says yeah. the material for love is yeah. kind of growing but it's not Okay. Yeah. So, so, um, yeah, in a relationship, the actions themselves should kind of be your gauge for the love in the sense that at least at first, you know, if, if a guy is saying one thing that he values you and he treasures you and at the same time, you always take it too far (laughs) in physical affection a girl can very easily, I think, take those actions and be like, oh, well, he just loves me so much that his, you know, he can't keep his passion constrained, so I can kind of forgive these things. And actually, this is going into, once again, my narrative of how this love is unfolding. And so I'm taking these not as signs of, okay, there's something wrong here because what he's saying is not matching his actions, but, like, I'm just going to take all of this together and use it to increase my desire to be close to him, my desire to, you know, love him and all that kind of stuff. And that's just really dangerous. So. <laughs> that's just really dangerous. <laughs> uh, yeah. And maybe that's where kind of I, I think of the despair of chastity mm-hmm. in some way. That that situation is kind of common. Mm-hmm. That. Maybe we, yeah, we don't necessarily appreciate the need for it and maybe think, well, it's just really, really hard. And like, mm-hmm. it sounds nice and like, we're working for it, but we're never really going to get there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Because our love is just too strong or something. Right. Or, and and yeah. I, I see the tendency with a lot of Catholic couples in that, you know, we know we're going to get married. We, you know, we, yeah, we, we think we're good people and we value each other and so 
yeah, that gets really hard <laughs> as they go along because they kind of see the ultimate good in the future. Right. And so they don't maybe see the distinction between where marriage falls in line, if that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, sure. And it seems <clears throat> possible that a couple could reach the maturity of love, which he speaks about, which I guess we haven't really fully mm-hmm. explained yet. But it's possible that reach a truly mature love before being married, and kind of, I guess that's kind of the hope in some ways, it'll hopefully, you know, you grow in in all these things through life. But, but yeah, like you reach that place where you, know, you truly do appreciate the good of the other person. But I guess maybe that's the problem. It's like, if you truly value the good of the other person, you'd recognize that their good would be limits on physical affection and tenderness in some way that it is good for them, the other person, to experience that in a truly vowed relationship. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, certainly the strength of the pole is a good sign. Mm -hmm. It'd be weird if it wasn't there, Mm -hmm. if you're working toward marriage. But yeah, Mm -hmm. if you truly value the person, maybe can appreciate the situation you're in. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, we need to actually talk about chastity before we spend too much time on it. But even in the sense that, okay, sure, these are two good people that are going to get married eventually, and so, you know, they can see. Yeah, even if it's a very mature love that has all the good intentions and everything, I think there's still a sense that that period of waiting that period of sort of practicing self-mastery in this area, that even if you won't have to do that after you're married, which is not always true. Absolutely, right. (laughs) Yeah, um, totally. There will be other sacrifices that you'll have to make in a marriage. There will be other instances where self-mastery is going to be necessary. Right. And it seems like, you know, you should start your marriage by practicing that preparing for that and and be willing you know to show the other person that yeah I'm, I'm not thinking about myself here i'm thinking about our common good yeah not just now but in the future as well because right. you know i want to be able to practice that so right. yeah just in terms of like i don't know saving money in the future like that's going to be a sacrifice possibly that a couple will have to make together and <laughs> right. individually and, and yeah. so or yeah i don't know but you just you know the recognition that even though physical intimacy is good and great for a married union it's not necessary to it is not a necessary part of loving somebody you can have at least not it. until you get married because yeah, when you say that like spousal love kind of requires that yes yeah yeah but even in marriage somebody mm-hmm. gets sick mm-hmm. or injured or mm-hmm. you have to be apart for months because of deployment or whatever mm-hmm. right recognizing that that it doesn't kill or even hinder the love of persons maybe mm-hmm. yeah it's not able to 
have that expression Mm -hmm. and it should but but yeah like your love is not based on those things Mm -hmm. entirely and can exist well in seasons without them Mm -hmm. so yeah can you live in this season without it Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's worth striving for that. Yeah. Right. Because right, like you, you, your spouse yeah. could get sick for a year and be like really sick, mm-hmm. and like you just won't have that part of your your love. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, does that mm-hmm. kill your love? It shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I have not experienced this, but I can imagine that there are lots of forms of intimacy that are not physical that would be really exciting about marriage and so to kind of draw upon those (laughs) right and that's i don't know if i mentioned that last time but i do that a lot in marriage prep Mm. like talking about the other like emotional intimacy Mm -hmm. and spiritual intimacy Mm -hmm. even kind of a intellectual intimacy like there's Mm -hmm. all these he uses the word layers in here which i thought was cool Uh, that yeah like those are worth pursuing, and if you mm-hmm. want deep friendship and true union of persons, you should have intimacy on all those levels, mm-hmm. so that in the in the times if you're practicing NFP and you're trying to abstain, or you're somebody's away for business, like you mm-hmm. can still kind of have intimacy, mm-hmm. yeah, and experience the goodness of it, right, yeah. in manifold ways. Mm-hmm. There's not just one form of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so to <laughs> get us back on track, maybe? Go to yeah, um, chastity more specifically? Okay, well, one thing before we get there. Um, I liked that he emphasizes that obviously the sensuality, those, you know, spontaneous, you know, sort of reactions in yourself along with concupiscence, which is, I don't know, defining as maybe the actual desiring then of the body of a person those things themselves are not sins however and i think this was really good as soon as your will is involved in that in some fashion even if that is also like an action in the sense of something that happens interiorly then you can kind of cross a line and so Not that this is super a problem, but I think everybody thinks that as long as I'm not acting on something, then it's fine. (laughs) But there are definitely ways in the footnotes. (laughs) In the footnotes. So you can kind of be in a disposition that rationalizes a given action that is outside the field of actual attention. So something that maybe even feels spontaneous, you have predisposed your will in some way by oh. either acting in that way previously or not paying attention to some really important things that you should be paying attention to that, yeah, you can kind of, it feels like the will is not involved, mm-hmm. but it could be. You've just forgotten that it is. <laughs> if that mm. makes sense. So, yeah. So not to make that any more complicated than it already is, but yeah, I think in some ways that's kind of a a call to (laughs) the 
high virtue of chastity and that you shouldn't just let these things happen to you. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And certainly, you know, the Lord condemns even to have lust for someone is to already mm-hmm. have committed adultery. That importance of the interior acts. But mm-hmm. and I think of, too, the, just like the movies we watch and the music we listen to. Mm-hmm in a way, predisposes us to get excited about right. relationships and stuff, mm-hmm. and how much music is about love and all that. And certainly music already kind of gets our emotions going. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of want it, we want it, we want it. We listen to music every time we drive and all day long. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you encounter somebody and you feel it and you're like, yes, this is what I've always wanted. <laughs> and, and yeah, maybe you're predisposing yourself to having a, inordinate reaction to right. it and just to like love the feeling of the affections or, mm-hmm. you know is response to the mm. presence of another right um, it's it's kind of scary when you think about like a particular sin that you struggle with a lot you think about all the memories and those are sometimes like sense-based memories that mm. smell or or a sound, you know, like anything can kind of like, yeah, pulling all these memories, you're pulling all of these little actions that you did throughout the day, like listening to music, like watching something that didn't realize was putting you in a certain type of mood, like all of these things you're bringing into that action. And so it's not that every action is like this clean slate that you right. have nothing acting on you. Right. Um, that you can, you know, use your will exactly as you want to in that moment. No, yeah. like this has been somewhat building and right. sometimes it's hard to even, you know, unravel all of the threads that have combined to kind of get you to that moment. Yeah. So there's a lot of, Attention, yeah. awareness. <laughs> well, and a little bit going back to person and act, just the the power of each action mm-hmm. that forms us. Mm-hmm. Everything we do forms us in some way, mm-hmm. and in that, you know, this kind of kind of disposes us to have certain responses to other people and to things. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So maybe if we desire true love, then you know, that should inform all of our decisions, even the small ones, mm-hmm. which maybe it's hard. Like, okay, we have a desire for love and you're like, Oh, I watched this rom-com and it's like, great. And I feel awesome. And like, in some ways, maybe you're not helping yourself. Right. I'm not saying rom-coms are terrible, but, but you're kind of giving yourself a distorted view of it and then mm-hmm. desiring that. And certainly there's a lot of emotions just in, right. in those things that you were more fixating on, me having experience like those people and not me caring for the good of this concrete person. Yeah. Because to watch a movie is to get excited about the love that they're having. And like, Mm -hmm. I want that love, Mm -hmm. but not, but it's disconnected from a concrete person standing next to you. Right. And yeah, speaking of that narrative that you're willing to kind of put a lot of 
weird things that you wouldn't normally put into it. It's because you've got this roadmap in your head that's kind of a combination of all these movies or books or rom-coms or, you know, you have this idea of love and what it's supposed to look like and what it's supposed to feel like. And so, you know, you have that in your head and you're just kind of like, sure, that, that piece of uh, affection could go there, even though that doesn't quite feel right. But yeah, we'll just yeah. bring that all into <laughs> And a lot of those things just lie to us because yes. great emotions and then like, and they live happily ever after. And, you know, don't show the need for chastity. Often quite the opposite. Like love is expressed in physical intimacy very quickly. And, and just... Often has no sense of those people as like persons or like interior beings that have right that have a lot of complexity and and so it happens fast and it happens kind of perfectly like they just appreciate one another right away (laughs) and care and like aren't rude or mean or selfish and you know they just it just works out and it's Mm -hmm. pretty quick Mm -hmm. and it's it's kind of a lie Mm. love doesn't actually operate that way Mm. okay so and then you know Something would be awesome to like read and talk about in the future would be just education in general. So we talked about education of affections, education of love in here, but just the idea of it matters what we fill our imaginations with yeah, as a way of pointing to hopefully the truth. And even talked about art a little bit in here, mm-hmm. that art ought to point us to the truth. It ought to fill our imaginations with what is true and good so that we are formed to love what we ought to love and to be desiring what we ought to be desiring, which is mm-hmm. the truth and goodness so it's important. It matters what we consume mm-hmm. because all those things form our imagination, whether we kind of want them to or not. Right. And, and it's, that, that, it's hard to get rid of all those images that you put in your head. So oh, like, yeah, for sure. Be careful. <laughs> right, right. So maybe as a transition Let's to go. kind of bring us into chastity, there's this epic sort of epic paragraph quote, 150. For the will can and should prevent the disintegration of love. It should prevent pleasure or even affection alone from assuming the dimension of the self-reliant good, to which everything else is subordinated in the relation toward the person of the other sex or within the reciprocal interaction and relations between persons. The will can and should be guided by objective truth. It can and so it should demand that reason give it the true vision of love and of the happiness that love can bring to a woman and a man. So we should expect a lot of our will because it can accomplish that goal of true love. (laughs) And chastity is the virtue by which we do that. Just a few lines down. I like this line from what you were just reading. Oh, you have to one-up me with a quote? I'm just adding two. We're just building together here. (laughs) Not only one's own person is to be protected, since love always joins two persons, when protecting one's own person, the other is also protected. Mm. So, see the goodness of pursuing chastity mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. because it actually is a benevolent action kind of toward the beloved, mm-hmm. because to protect myself is to protect the other. And then, of course, help them to live chastity as well, help them to find true love, you know, respond benevolently, maybe. Okay, so. All those important things. Yeah. So, yes, as you were kind of saying earlier, chastity falls under the cardinal virtue of temperance, which, I mean, 
I don't know, a good definition of that would be kind of directing, subjecting all of your bodily and psychological things, things that happen in person, you know, reactions to your will and to reason. Your reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. To your reason. So he, one of the kind of definitions he gives for it, is, mm-hmm. temperance is a habit ensuring constant moderation and together with it, the rational equilibrium of the sensual concupiscent power. Mm-hmm. So big words, but yes, yeah, same. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the same thing. To moderate the, the sensual and concupiscent things uh, with reason. Right. And moderation does not mean <laughs> a complete <laughs> oh, um, yeah. refusal of any of those things or the complete rejection of any of those things is right. perhaps Just a better word. Yes, moderation. Proper mm-hmm. placement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe where I was kind of surprised by the, the level of his chastity, ah. <laughs> he said... Um, it would be possible to say that the given man managed to master movement, whereas a virtue should give the assurance that this man will master it for certain. The proficiency of mastering merely provisionally the concupiscent movements that originate from sensuality is not yet a fully mature virtue. It is not chastity in the full meaning of the word, even if one happens to manage it almost every time. Mm. So yeah, chastity is a... It is a large goal to be striving towards. <laughs> yeah. So here he kind of, the way he's, he defines it a bit. Mm-hmm. The virtue of chastity, whose task is to liberate love from the attitude of use, must grasp not only sensuality and the concupiscence of the flesh themselves, but, in a sense, even more so, those interior centers in man from which the attitude to use emerges and spreads there can be no chastity without overcoming the aforementioned forms of subjectivism in the will and the egoisms concealed underneath them. The attitude to use is the more dangerous, the more it is disguised in the will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of like the point of no return. Like, you can have all those feelings, but if your will itself is directed towards those things, then yeah, that's where love really starts to take a fall. Right. Yeah. It could be really dangerous. Right. So it's more than just like a couple not doing certain things. Right. But yeah, it mm-hmm. has to move in and it's mm-hmm. predominantly inside right. in the will. In the... And it is, once again, we've said this many times, it is not a rejection of those interior things. It is not a rejection of those natural things. It is a pulling up, channeling those things through yep. the value of the person in front of you, which is so yeah. important to you. And the value of your own person. Um, right. And the desire for true love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, to quote him, which is what you pretty much just said, the essence of chastity lies precisely in keeping up with the value of the person in every situation and in pulling up to this value every reaction to the value of body and sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's keeping the value of the person mm-hmm. foremost, front and center, mm-hmm. and then kind of moderating everything so that it is good toward the person. Mm-hmm. And so you could even see, and maybe we'll kind of get to this, you'll talk about tenderness, but that there are kind of ways that a couple can change their interactions with one another 
change growing. I don't know, like through the, the process of growing in relationship, growing in friendship, the reciprocal love, the like on the first time they meet, it'd be inappropriate to hold hands, mm -hmm. but then down the line, right. It might be appropriate to hold hands to communicate that. Like they would be not unchaste mm -hmm. if you reach the point where, you know, you're really develop, developing an appreciation and, and love for the person. So Your bodies are also so, not communicating that in some way. Yeah, so like chastity is not, yeah, just the strict no, but mm -hmm. it's the moderation. Like where these people are in their relationship, there is maybe proper things for them. Right, right. I can't remember where he said it, but it's, you know, self-mastery, not in the sense of unfeelingness or, yeah, you know. Yeah, not coldness, like, yeah. Right, <laughs> but the sense that you have enough determination of your own body that you can direct those reactions in the most appropriate way. Yeah. yeah. And in the way that loves that person the best. And that's really what we should be striving. Yeah. <laughs> so he says, uh, then maybe rather boldly, mm. but probably truly, only a chaste woman and a chaste man are capable of true love. Mm. Boom. For chastity frees the reciprocal interaction including their conjugal intercourse, from the attitude of using the person, the attitude which, in its objective essence, contradicts loving, thereby introducing in this interaction and intercourse a particular disposition to love. Mm. So, chastity necessary for love. Mm. You can't have true love without it. So we should probably figure out what that is and what that looks like and practice it. <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I'm just reading things he said because it's all a lot of good stuff. But chastity does not lead to, lead to contempt of the body, but contains in itself a certain humility of the body. Mm. So, yeah, it's not that, like, prudery. It's a true appreciation for the, the whole person more than just their body because a right. person is more than their body. Yeah. Right. And I, and I think of humility in the sense that it's both kind of this, well, it is a, a proper understanding of the body. And that goes in the sense that it is kind of this amazing thing that, and that would be the whole person, like this beautiful, mysterious person. That, all their layers. Right. <laughs> all the <their> layers <laughs> is really cool. But then also kind of humility about, you know, the body, as we've talked about, is not all there is. Like, it's kind of a recognition that the body itself is not the most fantastic thing in the world. At the, yeah, at and not the, time. The, not the most fat fantastic thing about the, the person. person. Mm -hmm. right? There's so much more to them. Right. And certainly, the body matters. Mm -hmm. Totally. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's so much more. The interior, utter mystery right. of the human person. Yeah. If you're worshiping matters. somebody's body and you haven't realized all of the awesome things that are happening, like, inside the body. Or if you don't care about those things. Yeah. 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 You're, you're missing out. Yeah. And it's like, how insulting is that? Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think we all recognize kind of in some way in a good way like the greatness of who we are mm -hmm. this profound uniqueness of who we are 
Mm-hmm. That when people don't recognize that, when they treat us poorly, mm-hmm. we're offended. Yeah. And like rightly so. Right. Like I was recently flying and, you know, the folks who run <laughs> the scanners and stuff, the TSA <laughs> folks, <laughs> um, were like really rude. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I don't care too much. Mm-hmm. But just you have that natural reaction like, how dare you? Like, I'm a, I'm a I person a just like you. Like, why Like, God. why are you treating... Like, I haven't done anything. Like, uh-huh. But there's that just natural recognition. Like, no, I deserve to be respected mm-hmm. because I'm a person. Right. And, like, you deserve it, too. And just... That is a good thing. Oh, I guess that's kind of where we're going, which I guess we should probably stop. Yeah, I know. Because we've gone a while, <laughs> even though we hope, hope to go farther. But um, next time we can talk about... Right. But, but yeah. But like, that's, but like, it's almost that shame thing mm-hmm. of like, no, I, I, I'm worthy of more than your, dis- you don't even know me and you're disrespecting me. I haven't done anything. Like, how, like, why are you doing it? Like, right. I deserve better. And, and, and how s- sad yeah. if, if, first of all, a person devalues you, like, can't see the greatness of your interior life, even if they can't understand it or, or it's not communicable communicable yeah how sad for somebody to stop at your body itself and not like who you are but then how even more sad if you think that your body is the only thing you have to offer another person that that there is nothing about yourself or or all of the that interior thing that you would think another person yeah value thinks lovable yeah Mm mm-hmm and maybe another, I was where I thought you were going. Oh, okay. How terrible it would be for somebody who says they love you mm-hmm. and says a lot of nice things, mm-hmm. but they only care about your body. Right. Like, how, like that'd be crushing. I mean, that, it's kind of a crushing. Yeah, especially thing, since even if people don't recognize it when they are young and in love, this body is not going to be like this at all times and it is decay is written into <laughs> yeah it's dna like it, it emily's going to death again yeah. <laughs> uh yes um yeah so so i mean i think most women struggle with that and that okay you think i'm beautiful now but i won't always be and will will you love the the part of me that is not my body when yeah. that happens. Yeah. Or even just the fickleness of of sensuality mm-hmm. and affectivity. Mm-hmm. That on the days that you don't feel that, mm-hmm. or yeah, on the days that I'm really sick and kind of a mess mm-hmm. and kind of disgusting, like, mm-hmm. is the love gone? Because mm-hmm. that would suck. Well, on that note, (laughs) yes, we were hoping to get to shame and and tenderness and (laughs) next time. Yes. Uh, So I guess we will continue with shame. Part two and part three of chapter three, chapter four, chapter three, three in the next episode. And I'm actually really excited for that because I think shame as jp2 defines it is not 
kind of the huge negative thing that everybody right kind of associates with it. So yeah. get excited. Yeah, get excited. Shame is coming. <laughs> uh, yeah, and we will see you then. <laughs>